Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Proudmouth. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help get you there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It's time to find a new perspective on what works, why, and how to move your business forward. Listen in as Matt Halloran interviews guest experts to help you be your own loud. Welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Today, we have Brad Wales, founder of Transition to RIA. We're going to talk to Brad today about the power of outsourcing. This is a piece that in financial services, when we know that if we can get financial advisors or financial services professionals to outsource to professionals who are truly experts at what they do, the amount of stress, the amount of efficiency, all of the things that we know that advisors want actually happens with the power of outsourcing. In Brad's business model, not only do people outsource to him, but then they rely on him to provide others to refer to, if you know what I mean. Basically, he's got a very deep bench of people. We're going to dive into all of those components. So Brad, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hey, Matt, happy to be here. Uh, Happy to to talk this through. I think it's going to be exciting chat. How do you build trust? Like, What is your technique so that when advisors look at you and you're going to go into your kind of your pitch or, hey, this is who I am and what I do, what do you do on the front end to make people realize that outsourcing to you is a safe bet? Yeah, the and I've long subscribed to the theory, which which I know you and your team absolutely do, which can be accommodated via podcasts or videos or whatnot. Is is ideally by the time you're first having a conversation with someone, they they should absolutely feel like they they know you and have known you for quite some time. And so whether that's because of podcasts and someone's listened to a whole bunch of episodes you've made or videos and they can visually see you, and and so that's just an entirely different initial conversation than than someone just calling you up and saying, hey, someone gave me your name and number and they, they effectively don't know a whole lot else about you. I, I think they'd come in, most people would walk into any conversation like that with a, you know, kind of their guard up. Oh uh, yeah, supposedly this person's great or whatever, but who knows where it's, it's quite refreshing when people come in and they think they know you already. That's That's, that's what you want. Well, and we call that skeptics versus fans, right? So what you do is you create fans that will allow people to come in and say, well, gosh, Brad, I I already feel pretty darn comfortable with what you do. And, And oh, by the way, you know, Jane Smith has already spoken very, very highly of you. But you just opened a can of words. I wasn't prepared for this. I'm going to ask you this. It's really about referrals in our industry. As you know, since you've been in this industry for so long, that everybody relies on referrals, right? But you just, I just had like an epiphany there that a referral a lot of times, brother, they're, they're skeptics, dude. They're not fans, right? They, they've, they've been told about you. And, and I think the people who are the referring partners just feel, well, you know, they love me. So therefore they're going to love somebody else or somebody I refer to, but there isn't really any education or basis. So what do you think about that? If I was someone that was referring a friend to a, a CPA or whatnot, when when I make that referral, that's obviously going to be a reflection back on me if it if it goes well or doesn't go well. And so there's always some, you know, maybe built-in hesitation to do such referrals. Instead, if as opposed to saying, hey, here's here's my CPA, here's their phone number, give them a call. If instead I can simply say, hey, go 
go to their website, go listen to their podcast, go watch their videos. And then, and then my friend can consume all that information on their own and then, and then decide whether to take that next step. That, that basically takes, takes it entirely off of me at that point. They, they have now made an educated uh, decision that this does appear to be a good fit for them and they go down that path. So as the referrer, I'd much rather just say, hey, go listen to the person's podcast, go look at their website, then, then here's a name and number, tell them I sent you. Because it, it kind of relieves the burden off of me and I think it makes it easier to make referrals if, if that's the expectation is, is hey, go, go take this step. If that looks good to you, follow up. If it doesn't, no harm, no foul. No one knows otherwise. And no one knows otherwise. I love that. That's I, w- I was wondering if you were going to go there because, you know, we as as business owners and entrepreneurs, if somebody refers somebody to us, we're like, woohoo, man, I got a hot prospect. Yay. But that, a lot of times that's not the case, right? They, they haven't done their due diligence, they haven't done their research, and they haven't had the reinforcing factors that you and I both create. So everybody, just so that you know, Brad creates awesome content, awesome content. Please follow him on LinkedIn. His videos are great. Uh, they're just really engaging, really, really good, and they're not long, which is wonderful. So they're you know good bite-sized pieces of, of content so that if you are gonna refer, please keep that in mind. That really brings us to this next level question, which is, when people hire you to help them transition to an RIA, you do something very specific, which we're going to talk about at the end of the podcast. But after you get done doing your work, one of the skills that you have and one of the powers that you have is, is creating a network, a deep bench of referral partners that you have already vetted in order to help that advisor after they transition to RIA be able to do the things that they want to do. And you and I talked about this a little bit when it came to marketing, right? So a lot of people are leaving BDs and wirehouses because they're just so tired, so tired. And especially brother, now with this new SEC ruling, right? Oh my gosh, testimonials and all of the things that we're going to be able to start finally doing as an RIA, that's really powerful. How do you find referral partners and what do you do to vet them to increase your confidence so that when you make that referral you know that they're going to do good work for your clients so i have a, a deep bench as you said because as part of my value proposition is, is helping advisors figure out a, a whole number of possible solutions that that they're going to need if they, they go down a path of, of uh, perhaps the ra model and so some of those some of those contacts were just built up over my my years and years and years in the industry and they they came through whatever circumstances and then others I've I've specifically sought out either to kind of deepen my bench or to or to fill a gap in that and it that that's always an interesting exercise and that will forever be be something I'll do because something else new will come along and okay there's a solution maybe we need for that and it, it's an interesting exercise because I mean, I've had people that just have not been responsive to me and I come out reaching out and I know there's a lot of people that are always with some sales pitch. And so sometimes someone can misinterpret why you're reaching out to them. But but when I'm reaching out and and more eloquently, but basically saying, hey, I might be in a position to send you referrals. I'm not asking for any compensation in return. I just would like to learn more about your platform. And and even when I present that, sometimes people either are slow to get back to me or don't get back to me. And I just think, wow, if they won't get get back to to me when I'm kind of tossing them a softball, how are they, how responsive are they going to be to to advisors I might send them? And and that's, so that's quite telling on the front end. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt 
it's a busy world and maybe they just kind of missed the first message, but, but you can kind of feel things out. And, and Matt, that's how you and I got to know each other. I, okay. I just reached out to you. You were very responsive and, uh, you know, we have a conversation after that and, and, and here we are down this path. So I think it's that kind of initial thing and, and, and then just really feeling people out and, and once they know, Hey, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm just trying to be a good partner here. And what can I learn? And, and then it's interesting because without even trying, you, you're setting up a, a, a situation where they're going to reciprocate in the long run without me even asking for, Oh, by the way, could you keep me in mind? It, it just naturally works out when you're, when you're looking to genuinely help someone else out, perhaps with referrals, it comes back to you as well. As you were saying that, I was thinking back to when you and I met, and of course, it's all virtual and it was on LinkedIn, right? I remember looking at your stuff. I watched some of your videos. And the first thing that I thought to myself is, this guy's not trying to hawk stuff. It's, it's value, 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 expertise, value, right? And that's what I felt. And then the minute we got on the phone, just the alignment of of values, right? I mean, and I'm not talking about deep philosophical values. I'm just talking about business, core business values. We were in line. And so I was just on a call, Brad, this is funny. I was just on a call with an LPL rep yesterday, sales call. And I had bad news for him, right? Because uh, we have not had the greatest success with LPL reps because of compliance, right? So we have nine podcasting tactics and and some of the tactics are bringing guests on. And LPL is totally against that. Well, we don't provide legal advice. This is the freaking, you're not, prov anyway, whatever, I'm not going to get there. And so I was joking with this, it's a father and two son office and they're, they're in Western um, Illinois. And I said, well, hey guys, this could just be the reason why you guys leave LPL and, you know, uh, start your own RIA. And the youngest, so there's uh, the youngest who's been actually with the firm the longest, just smiled and said, well, you know. That's a conversation we had and bam, Brad's name popped into my head. And I was like, hey guys, when you're ready to do this, I, I got somebody for you, this is what he does. And you've stayed top of mind, one, because of the fact that I actually do trust you. Secondly, because you have a very narrow focus, which means that I know that you're gonna do what I would refer people to you for. But at the same time, you have helped build a relationship which makes that referrals a lot easier to, to go back and forth. And I'm not going to flood you with new clients as you're not going to flood me. And that's not really the point because as we deepen our relationship, we're going to know exactly who you're looking for, right? So everybody here at Proudmouth is going to know, okay, if we come across this person, they're the person that we refer to, to Brad, right? And you're going to be able to do, do the same thing with us. When it comes to outsourcing what is the number one thing in your experience in working with financial services professionals that is their biggest obstacle or the biggest category of outsourcing that if you could wave a magic wand and say god i wish everybody would outsource this what what would that be i thought you were going to say what what is the kind of biggest challenge for the the person to appear on my radar so i, I could separately you know answer that answer this first one and then we'll go back to that one as far as what my number one category of outsourcing, it, it is quite wide. And the reason I, I say that is, and that's part of why my value proposition exists, because unfortunately, in, in this case of, of what I help advisors with, if you want to transition into that RA model, unfortunately, it's not just one or two vendor types that, that, you, that you need to work with. It's compliance folks, it's marketing folks, it's technology folks, it's custodians, it's back office folks, it's, it's all these different vendors. And so, Certainly some are more 
bigger decisions, if you will, you know, must, must make decisions than nice to make decisions kind of thing. And, and so that in, in my world, that's perhaps your custodial partner. That That's a big one. That's really going to move the needle. The other end of the spectrum, there's dozens of different technology applications you could use. You know, maybe that, that, that last little piece that adds one little bell or whistle is that's not going to be as pivotal, but it, it still might be important to you. So even something as simple as someone sees that uh, I use Calendly on my website of how people arrange uh, a conversation with me. In the grand scheme of things, that's that's a pretty minor vendor compared to a custodian, but yet it's a very powerful tool nonetheless that I, that I think any industry people should be thinking of, but certainly in the financial services industry is a way for people to get a hold of you. So let's let's talk about about uh, people getting on your radar. People are listening to this and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I'd I'd love to refer some business spread." Who 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 are the ideal people? I mean, do you do you love working with the wirehouse transition or BD transition or what 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 is your what is your favorite? As far as the people coming to me, they're they're seeking out my services. It's it's primarily anyone again that's interested in that RA model. And the reason I say interested, because a, a lot of folks just simply haven't even dipped a toe, let alone learn, let alone be in the, to use baseball analogy, in the fifth inning of kind of that education process. And so in many instances, that is wirehouse folks. Quite often that's independent broker dealer folks for the, for the example you gave. Unfortunately, there are some constraints even in that independent world that, that you, you can perhaps be free of in that RA model. Yeah, I've talked to a fair number of people that are at an existing RA that's not their own, that they've kind of outgrown that opportunity and, and want to launch off onto their own RA as well. So it's, it is, it does run the gamut, but primarily it's the more, the more pain points you have now and the, the bigger that gap is to the, the, the promised land is, is where the opportunity is. So, so something like a wirehouse advisor, both from a economic jump and a flexibility jump is just a significant uh, advantage that, that makes it appealing to have that kind of conversation. All right. I'm going to totally put you on the spot, dude. You weren't prepared for this. So you're just going to have to roll with the punches here, brother. Ready? Let's do it. Let's so do I it. want to talk about your top threes. Okay. So in your bench, right, you've got a lot of different people that you refer in part of your, your consultation. So those people who are, who are in the fifth inning, maybe, maybe they're in the second inning, maybe they're in the eighth inning. Of, of making this decision from a compliance. So when somebody is going to move to being their own RIA, what are your top three compliance referral, like a company? Specifically? Yeah. Yeah. So you, uh, so it's a, it's a complicated question. So there's and not to give the, it depends answer, but yeah, and I did a whole uh, video on this and, and Matt, with your encouragement, I've actually turned them all into podcasts as well. So there, there's a specific podcast on this where lit literally asking the question, what were the different kinds of compliance consultants? The, the reason I just clarify that is because some advisors depends on their circumstances, not only need that compliance apparatus, but also need specific legal advice yeah. regarding the break and away process. For some advisors, that's absolute a necessity. For other advisors, it's it's overkill and it's not needed. You have these compliance consultant firms. Some of them are standalone; they only do that compliance part. Some are standalone; they only they're only essentially attorneys, and then others kind of do it all under one roof. Just some, some examples of some names in no particular order, but but Market Council is uh, arguably one of the most well known out there yep. that does both that legal and compliance. Advisor Assist is is a compliance only firm, but that does some very good work. 
And then another one that's fairly well known as an example, RA in a box yeah. is another well-known, that's a compliance only. And then and then you do get more uh, specific legal folks. Uh, Pat Burns is very well known. And, and then he has an associated compliance firm. I probably just gave you four, not well, three. That's great. But no, that's freaking uh, awesome. Uh, because because you, you, you once again showed the depth of your bench and also the power of outsourcing. You're giving people choices depending on what they need. Okay, next one is CRM. On a CRM, you generally don't, you don't necessarily lead with a CRM. You, you could. So anyone breaking away that's going to have their own RIA is generally, you put together, as they say, a tech stack. Okay. And depending on what custodian you ultimately utilize, some of that tech stack might be provided for you. Some you might have to go outsource on your own. So usually what you do is you actually start with more of a portfolio management uh, okay. application and then and then kind of bolt on additional things, which a CRM is one of them. But but typical ones you see are a, a Salesforce or a Redtail or kind of okay. the two big standalone ones. Well, so so once, uh, dude, I didn't even know the right question to ask you there. So let, let's talk about tech stack, right? So so what other pieces of tech or, or do we need to, okay, we're, we're going to go to clearing or, or who their custodian is. That's my last question. But before we get to the custodian, and even if some of that stuff's built in, what other aspects of the tech stack do you consult on to make sure that they've got all of their bases covered? Just kind of like a lot of what I help with, I, I help get you pretty deep into the conversation. And then, and then if it's going to reach a really detailed point. So for instance, I help folks understand kind of how the legal aspect to breaking away works, but then if it makes sense, at some point you might reach a point where it's like, okay, now we need to bring in the specific expertise. Again, that's what these people specialize in. And so on a technology front as well, I lead people down the, the first part of that conversation. So they understand what, what kind of decisions are going to be needed, what, what kind of options are out there. And, and usually when you're building out a tech stack, you, you, you have to start with, and so this is actually kind of what I initially help advisors through is, is if you notice on my website and even the name of my firm is, is not start an RIA.com or anything like that. It's transition to the transition to RIA. And the reason is for some advisors that will involve them starting their own RIA. For other advisors, it might involve them joining an existing RIA. And then there's actually kind of a third option in the middle of that. And, and you really have to figure that out first because, for instance, if you're going to join an existing RIA, for better or worse, you're you're generally now playing in the, the sandbox of a tech stack that, that they have put together. The benefit is you don't have to go out and build your own. The, the flip side is, well, maybe you like Salesforce and they use Redtail. Or if you are going to start your own RIA, for better or worse, the beauty of that is you now have full flexibility to build that tech stack however you want. And so I, I start to walk people down that. But even then, you, you still kind of have to figure out who your custodian is going to be first, because certain custodians are better integrated with certain technology vendors than others. How do you help people make the decision? to either entirely start their own or to bolt onto an existing RA? What are, what are some of the factors that you take into account to see if somebody should just go ahead and autonomous, autonomously start their entirely own RIA or bolt onto an existing larger structure? Yeah, and, and that's, and that's again, part of early in the conversation I have with folks is, is trying to figure that out. And there's, I always say, look, there's no, there's no golden goose. I'm not holding out here in the conversation and I'm going to bring out the golden ticket to surprise you at the end and say, here, here's this, the one solution that's perfect in every aspect. Everything has its 
its pros and cons, both from a economic standpoint to a responsibility standpoint to kind of the topic here, you know, outsourcing, would you prefer to have the flexibility of building out, for instance, your technology stack, but also have the responsibility to, to now maintain it and make sure it's integrated and, and, and stays uh, up, up to date? Or would you just as well outsource that, that functionality essentially by joining an existing RA and they take care of it for you? You also see that in the on the compliance front. Some folks just don't want anything to do with the regulatory aspect of actually starting an RA, maintaining the RA, having regulatory exams. And, and they say, hey, you know what? I'll effectively outsource that to an existing RA. They can still let me do my thing, still let me brand, hold a DBA name out there, those sorts of things. But, but I don't have to, put it bluntly, deal with that stuff. I'll, I'll let someone else do it. What is the number one reason why people leave and they're like, dude, I'm done with the wirehouse, a BD. What is the number one thing that you hear? They're just so fed up with that. They're like, okay, I'm done with this. I I'm just going to, I'm going to transition to RIA. The two main kind of appeals, if you will, if you said at a macro level, and then I'm going to answer your, your, your question specifically is the, the difference between perhaps their their current situation, the RA model is the, is the improved economics, which are absolutely sure. the case, both on an ongoing basis. What's my what's my annual take home? How much more do I will, I will I take home as I grow my firm? And then and what's my eventual exit strategy? So economics are a huge part of the conversation, but increasingly it's that flexibility front. So to take, and you gave a great example earlier. I mean, maybe when podcasts were first, coming around, you you could maybe sympathize with a broker dealer hasn't got their hands around it yet. And, ah, oh, well, we, we don't know about this podcast thing. You know, it's become so mainstream and, and to have guests on a show is become so mainstream to, to, to still be told, no, you can't do that. Or, or your hands are kind of tied. And by the way, you're competing against other advisors that can do all yeah, this. If totally. everyone's hands were tied. Okay. Level playing field. You're, you're out there on the football field, with with a hand tied behind your back, good good luck to you, or a foot or a leg tied tied together. It's generally more the flexibility front that is really attracting people. Don't don't get me wrong; the economics are nice. It's it's usually the it's usually a pain point that begins that conversation, and that's based on flexibility. Yeah, Brad, I was just talking to somebody this past week, and, and the week really has felt like it's been about six weeks long already. I brought up that exact thing that. If you can't do marketing, like the competition down the street can do marketing, everybody's going to go to the other person, right? Because you know, you're able to communicate what your unique ability is and all of that stuff. And broker dealers, as much as they are there to protect you, have to protect the lowest common denominator in the entire broker dealer. So that means if you've got a couple of schmucks at the bottom, then if you're up at the top, you're not going to be able to do some of the things that you want because of the schmucks at the bottom. And transitioning to an RIA can really truly help with that. As we wrap up today, number one, thank you. This was awesome. Thank you for being flexible. I want everybody to know that, you know, we prepare for these podcasts and uh, I literally asked Brad zero of the questions that we sent ahead of time. Uh, and I also really threw his favorites, all of the things about compliance, clear ass, all of those sorts of things. I just totally threw that out and, and he was able to answer it. And, and I can't do that with everybody, Brad, but you and I have a good enough relationship where I know you've got this information because you've been doing this for a while. So I wanted to say thank you for that. That was freaking awesome. And, and secondly, I want people to hire you, right? I want more people to transition to RIA very, very selfishly, 
because that means that they do have the flexibility to truly be the advisors that they want to be without undue regulation. And, and again, like you were talking about, you know, trying to run down the football field and be a wide receiver and have one arm tied behind your back. If somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to reach out? Yeah, head on over to transition2ria.com. Again, transition2ria.com. I, I could even give you my phone number. I could give you my email, but I, I'd rather you go to that website first for what I talked about earlier as if you were a referral. Absolutely can see kind of what the offering is. You can see my videos, white papers, uh, podcasts, and it's it's either going to resonate with you or it's, or it's not to the degree it does, would love the chance to, uh, to follow up with a conversation. And please make sure that you follow him on LinkedIn. We'll make sure that we have the transition RIA link in our show notes. And maybe we'll find a couple of the other ones, like the, the podcast that you did on compliance. Uh, I'll see if my team can go ahead and, and wrangle that up and put that in the show notes too. So Brad Wales, founder of Transition to RIA has been our guest. Brad, thank you very much for being on the show. Absolutely. Had a great time, Matt. Thank you. Well, if you have not subscribed, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And if you know somebody who you think should be podcasting or should be marketing in a more efficient and effective manner, please don't call me. Just have them subscribe to the podcast. Check out our new website, proudmouth.com, or follow me on social because uh, we put out some as, as much information as we can that will provide you with great value, much like our guest. So for everybody here at Proudmouth and for Brad Wales, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how to be your own loud podcast, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend educational webinars, and sign up for Influence Accelerator Academy.